and welcome to a, another brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, the Goshen News Sports Podcast, the one and only. Speaking to you, as always, Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huffman with me, giving me the crazy eyes on a Wednesday afternoon. Evan Lee Pack, what's up? You know, same old, same old. It's been a uh, pretty busy week in preps so far, and it's going to continue. Yeah, baby. It yeah. is postseason time all over. Yes. So Welcome to the busiest week of the year uh, in the high school sports calendar. Boys tennis, regionals, and semi-state. Boys soccer sectionals, girls soccer sectionals. Uh, volleyball regular season wrapping up. Conference champions will be decided this week. And you have the boys and girls cross-country sectionals on the weekend as well. Uh, so, you know, there's always something to do. There's always something going on this week. Every day of the week, there's something that will be happening uh, that has stakes. So that's exciting. You know, it makes for fun coverage. It makes for fun games, good atmospheres. Uh, I was, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I was at uh, Goshen High School Monday night for the boys soccer sectional, 3A sectional four. Two really rock solid games. Penn beat Northridge. Goshen, Goshen beat Concord. Goshen. Uh, Goshen beat Concord in overtime. Just really two awesome games. Uh, the rain didn't really uh, deter deter anybody from coming out. It was a fun atmosphere. Uh, every other soccer game we covered Monday was bad. <laughs> it was blowout city. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we'll get to soccer in a little bit. But first, we got to start with uh, girls golf. The one sport not going on anymore is girls golf. They are officially done, wrapped up the season uh, this past weekend at the state tournament down at Prairie View Golf Course in Carmel. Yours truly went down there. Uh, got a little wet. Uh, had a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay on Saturday. Uh, me and Roman Smith, the AD at Northwood, bonded uh, through it all, and uh, my feet are still recovering from the water damage and walking and all that went, that went with it. Um, Did you see the look in uh, Oreo's eyes? Oreo was a little, like, <laughs> he was a little scared, I'm not going to lie. Oreo the Panther was a little terrified of all the rain. He needed to go through a dryer after that. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened with him. I gotta ask. Uh, I gotta ask to see what happened because he, I saw Adam Yoder, the coach, like take him and like off their cart and like put him in his trunk, like just put him there. Like he was He's a little, probably still <laughs> there all wet. <laughs> <laughs> like that's gotta be kind of gross. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, so that the season wrapped up. Northwood finished 13th out of 15 teams at state. Uh, but the highlight obviously is. As we've talked about, her all all fall, Simple Stilson, the senior, finished tied for 11th uh, overall, nine shots off the lead. Um, so I, maybe a little bit of a disappointment for her in that sense, uh, but still an 11th place finish at out of 105 golfers at the state meet is still really really darn good. And uh, she earned the IHSA Mental Attitude Award as well, uh, which is very cool. Or is that entail? It's uh, basically is a you know an award that kind of highlights like you know athletes who not only are good like on the court but off it as well right academically they are leaders in their community you know show high character and things like that so uh, you know I think Stilson has like a 4.0 GPA and you know she does all these different things and part of groups and stuff like that so uh, yeah it's more of like a service award than anything so um, and by winning. Excuse me. By being selected as the Mental Attitude Award winner, Northwood gets a one thousand dollar scholarship in her name 
for the general scholarship fund at the high school. Uh, so Stilson joins uh, Maddie Payne from Northwood as recent winners of this. Maddie Payne won it after the 2020 girls basketball uh, state championship team for Northwood. So they, those two, um, you know, I asked Sybil about uh, Maddie after she had won it, and she mentioned, like, you know, it's really cool to be in that same category with her because Maddie was a great athlete at Northwood, and she's excelling at Bethel right now playing volleyball, uh, you know. So I think it speaks to how great of an athlete Maddie Payne was. She was mental attitude state champion in girls basketball, but probably even a better volleyball player, and she's playing volleyball in college. Um, so, yeah, um, congratulations to Sybil on the achievement and the finish at state. And uh, they, you know, they maybe didn't play as well as they'd like on that second day. They were 11th going into the final round and fell to 13th. But uh, for, for Northwood, you know, more times than not, it's not necessarily about how they finish at state, as dumb as that sounds. Like, obviously, you want to play well. But, you know, Evansville North won with a combined plus 30 score across two days. Like, that's absurd. Like, Northwood was like, you know, plus 100-something, you know. So it's just it just there wasn't going to be a chance for them to win Evansville North, that senior class at Evansville North they won three state titles in four years. I mean it's it's impressive. So they were really good all four years, and you know they, they have some uh, experience. Yes. Winning. Uh, yes. State titles and they be, went, being they in went, that position. They so. went first, second, first, first the last four years at state. That's pretty good. That's that's more than just a little experience. That's like dominating experience. Um, it's a girls' golf empire over there. I mean, that's four seniors. That's they all graduate. So who knows what Evansville North would be like next year? But um, still good, probably just not as good. Right. I mean, it's going to be hard to top that, obviously. Um, so yeah, uh, again, congratulations to Sybil on the award. Um, but as we kind of talked about couple weeks ago on the podcast I was kind of getting a little uh, poetic with like this whole Northwood qualifying for state if they do you know it's four in a row kind of cements the program um, in that trajectory and I, I I think I might have said on the podcast it almost felt like uh, like an end of this era I don't know if I had said that on here or not I know I've said it out loud to some people probably this was you know I probably did say it on here I don't remember but like you know, this was, this felt like this was it, you know, with this, for this era of this golf program, Sybil was kind of like the last great player, not saying they don't have great players coming through, like, no disrespect to anybody's returning next year, or the incoming freshmen, uh, but Sybil's at another level, I mean, broke the state record for a tournament score, right, 62, like, you know, that's, that's a different level of player than, you know, others that are going to be coming through next year, so it felt like, this might be the last time they go to state for at least a year or two, maybe three, and kind of like a quote-unquote end of an era, right? So, um, and that kind of officially did come to an end, um, as was first reported by us, by yours truly, not to brag or anything. Congrats. Uh, Someone told you some I, fun information. I know, I know. I got to play reporter for once. It was great. Uh Adam Yoder, Northwood Girls golf coach, is resigning from his position as head coach. Uh, he will uh, be stepping down. He uh, told his team Wednesday afternoon, and uh, yeah, he uh, he kind of uh, hinted at it on Saturday after the meet, and when we were talking a little bit, and uh, confirmed it with me on Sunday, Monday ish, and uh, yeah. Uh, 
just an amazing run. Like everywhere this guy, everything this guy does, coaching wise, turns to gold. Turns to gold, right? Like, for lack of a better term, right? Um, you know, went 160 and 21 in nine whole matches uh, in 14 seasons coaching Northwood. What they won six sectional titles, went to state six six times, four in a row these last four years, and they won four straight sectionals too. Uh, 57 straight NLC matches won uh, from the end of 2011 to 2019. That's pretty pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I, since 2012, they're 69 and one in NLC matches. It's pretty good. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yes. Um, so they they have just been the standard bear. I mean, like you know, for a long time in this area, it was pretty much just Penn and the girls golf, and that's it. And Yoder built them up into a perennial state contender to go down. Now they were never really contending, contending. It's they, they got sixth in 2019. That was their best place, um, you know. But it was a lot of you know 15th place a couple times, 10th, 12th, 13th, right? So yes, were they were they not maybe not competing, you know, for the state title when they got down there? Probably not. But the fact they got down there routinely, like they were, there was a, an expectation to go to state. You know, like. He built that into this program. He got the players to commit the time and, and to grow the program and build it up to what it has become. So you have to give him credit for doing that. Um, a lot of good players have come through. Heidi Morgenthaler. Uh, it started with Amy Thompson, Summer Stilson, Lizzie Richner, Sybil Stilson, obviously. We've talked about her. Mackenzie Weaver, Bree Goss as well from this past group. Um, just some sensational players that have come through. Uh, all qualified for the state tournament would have done so individually if they didn't go as a team as well. So this is um, this is the end of this era, pretty much for Northwood Girls Golf. And I mean, what an era it was, right? I mean, unmatched success, pretty much. I mean, the NLC—they've owned the NLC for the last decade. It's them and nobody else, pretty much. So it's gonna be a big loss for Northwood for sure. Yeah, and. You know, what we kind of talked about, everything he touches turns to gold, right? Like, he was the girls' basketball coach when they won state title in 2020. He was an assistant coach on the 05 football team. So, for three of their four, like, for, for two of How their... How did that team do? 2005, they won state. Oh. I said that, right? Nope. You just said he was a... Uh, oh. Yeah, he just guy. was an assistant coach. <laughs> 2005, Northwood football went 3-6 and six in the regular season, then rattled off six <laughs> wins in the postseason to win the state title, so go figure. And Adam um, Adam jumped on... Yeah, he jumped on... Right after that 3-6 uh, uh, and six game. Probably. He probably did. I don't know. He was an assistant <laughs> coach. I'm assuming he was an assistant coach the whole season. Yeah, uh, just a joke. So, you know, they've won uh, four athletic state championships, and he's been on the coaching staff of two of them. And he coached, you know, you know, uh, Sybil Stilson, who had, you know, the greatest golf, greatest round of golf in Indiana high school girls history. Like, that's pretty good. Like, it's an amazing, you know, list uh, of accomplishments that he's achieved. And he's still young, 42, if you uh, recall from him saying last week on the podcast, he's only 42. He's got a couple of younger kids that are getting older. So I think he's looking forward to just being dad and. Having free time, he started a new job back in August in the manufacturing industry, so he's no longer teaching. Um, and I think, you know, all that kind of plays into the fact, the decision to kind of step away at this time. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got back into coaching at some point. I mean, by the time he's 55, his kids will be, you know, out of high school. And that's still relatively young to be coaching. You know, 55 isn't – I'm not saying he's going to come back and, like, he can come back sooner, obviously. I'm not saying he's only going to be waiting for 13 years or whatever, but like, 
you know, this feels like he's done. He's done. So done. Done. This feels like this is the you know a a, a couple year break for him. I think. Um, now if he gets a new job in three weeks, so no, uh, <laughs> but uh, That'd you be know, funny. Uh, and just personally, personally, I I, I don't know if I've spoken about uh, Adam before on this podcast, but he has been so like grateful and beneficial uh, for for my time like he's been he's been he's gone way out of his way to help us with whether it be emailing about results or you know always being there for like a text message if I have a question or just in general like you know at golf meets you're standing around for a long time and not it's not as much really going on you know at a golf as opposed to like a basketball or whatever and um he's always been awesome just to have conversations with the golf course and he was awesome during that entire run to state with girls basketball um, always answering my dumb questions after games. And, uh, yeah, he's just been awesome to work with, a great guy. I mean, everyone loves him. Everyone respects him. He has built, uh, you know, that program up like we talked about and just not just a, a consistent winner, but you see it every year when they go to state. There are multiple alums down there who, who make the trip to Carmel and go watch them play because that's the program he's built. It's been built on, you know, love and family is what he told me. So, like, this is – you know, this is a program that isn't just a program, it's a family, you know, and that's what he's built, and that's what he's, he's always cared about the people around him, and I can't respect him enough for what he's done, and, you know, just in the purest journalism sense, he's been amazing to, like, work with as well. Uh, every time we need him for something, he's there, so it's been great, and thank you again, Adam, for, you know, helping us out, making us look smarter, and uh, with your research and looking up facts that we need to know about stuff, and it's been, a, been really, really helpful for us. So thank you for that. Well, hopefully he listens to this uh, podcast or else all of that rambling was basically for nothing. It was good for my soul. Okay. <laughs> I needed to get it out for my soul. Okay. Uh, yeah. So good luck, Adam, with your future endeavors. We look forward to seeing your tweets about manufacturing things. I don't know. Um, Does he work in the RV business? Everyone works in the RV business, bro. It's Goshen. It's yeah, it's Elkhart County. Come on, RVs yeah, are having yeah. the best month ever again for the 800th month in a row. So, um, Let's find us, find <laughs> us in the RV business soon. <laughs> Let me tell this you. journalism thing doesn't pan out. Yeah, uh, let's go to Boys Tennis Regional. Uh, by the time this comes out, the regional final will already be finished. So let's not try to talk about the regional final preview. Let's just talk about the semifinals. You were there Tuesday night. Uh, Goshen 5, Fremont 0, Westview 3, Northridge 2. Yes. Westview, man. Barn burner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say that it's pretty much expected. I mean, I know Westview and Northridge earlier in the season, early in the regular season, they had a similar similar kind of game. It also went 3-2. Yes. Westview match. match, game, individual matches. Game set match. Whole matches. You know, I'm still trying to get that down with the tennis. Game, you know. game set match. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so obviously both teams matured a lot over that two-month span. Both got better, so obviously it made sense that it would be going down to the wire once again, and it kind of went down to one set in number two singles. And Elijah Hostetler pulled it out. He went down, lost the first set yeah, to Brandon Lomas. A 9-11 uh, tiebreak, too. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Like, it was, I saw that score, I was like, what? That's in, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not to interrupt, but no, it's fine. But I did mean to interrupt. That was like <laughs> I definitely meant to do that. No, no. disrespect, but, <laughs> but Brandon Northridge's Brandon Lomez like beat him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in the first set. Right. And it was a close set. Elijah but, but that was a big win for him. He was a he was an athlete of the week nominee, Elijah Hosteller. He was he felt the pressure to perform, and he was just mm-hmm. like it, it got to him a little bit, you know. But good for him to uh, kind of put that first set behind him because he kind of cruised in the second and third sets to uh, get his team to the regional final. Six one six love. Yep, it's impressive to so. respond like that. It's a senior gutting it out. That's what kind of Coach uh, Tyler Miller said basically afterwards. Right? It was yeah. felt good to see him kind of gut one out like that. So. Yeah, because I guess in prior seasons, his sophomore, junior years, he uh, didn't quite get to that point, lost mm-hmm. lost his matches in the regionals. So he was happy to see him kind of get over that hump his senior year and say that he was able to do that. So, so yeah, now Goshen, 5-0, blanked Fremont. Four of the matches were pretty uh, – I mean, Fremont gave Goshen a tough time in the first set across the board, all five matches, mm-hmm. but Goshen kind of imposed their will or its will, I should say, in the second set. Except for number one singles, Pi Wellington, he lost to Fremont's Ethan Bach the first set, but he came back and did what he needed to do in the second and third sets to uh, help his team get the full sweep. Mm-hmm. So I think I saw somewhere that Fremont had won like 17 matches or whatever this year, like the most in program history. So this was like an unreal like Fremont team. So you knew they were going to be motivated to come out and give it their all. And Goshen was the better team. On paper, and they played it like that. Uh, Northridge Westview was going to be a toss-up, and Westview obviously pulled it out. So, um, congratulations to Goshen or Westview on winning the regional championship because this will they moved up. It moved up from 5 p.m. to 3:30 p.m. on Wednesday, and this won't be out till because they're afraid of rain, and it doesn't yeah, look like it's going to yeah, rain. Yeah, and so this won't so. be out till about 5:30, 6 p.m. Wednesday. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah, congratulations to insert team here for winning the regional championship and going to the semi-state on Saturday to play the winner of Mississippi and Lapel. That's the other regional final that they draw against. It's not so, Homestead, so maybe uh, got a chance. Whoever wins got a chance. Has a chance. West yeah. Goshen will have a chance to win semi-state. That makes the Saturday planning for yours truly that much more interesting. One state. Next weekend. Is it Friday, next? Friday, the 15th is uh, quarterfinals, and then Saturday, the 16th, would be semifinals and finals. Is so, it in Indy? Yes, they're in the Indianapolis area. I believe uh, the quarterfinals are at Center Grove, and then the semifinals and finals are over like at uh, North Central or Westfield, one of those two. So, Cool. Yep. We'll see. You never know. Westview went to state in 2019. So they have the experience. They have the track to do it again. Yeah, so and the, the path is well. there. The path is there. They don't have to play Homestead or Carroll in the semi-state. So the path is there, potentially, to make it. We'll see. Um, or Goshen. Goshen's path is there, too. If they had won, if they have won, because we're talking in the in the future. Westview's you know? a better team. Goshen's I believe Westview to... won 4-1 earlier in the regular season. So. Yeah, it was 4-1. Yeah. yeah. So Goshen's going to have to have the match of their life to advance. Yes. But who knows? We'll you never see. know. Um, let's go to boys soccer sectionals. They are happening as well this week because uh, everything happens this week. Um, I alluded to it earlier. 3A, sectional 4, Penn 3, Northridge 1, Goshen 4, Concord 2 in overtime. What a thriller. Arturo Hernandez 
Happy birthday to you, man. Two goals on his birthday, including the game winner in the second overtime. And then Josh Cruz, for good measure, was like, I'm going to score another one and made it 4-2. Um, I'm confused. It was an extra time. There's no golden goal. It's just they play two seven-minute overtime periods regardless of how many goals are scored. Wow. So, so Goshen went up 3-2 with a minute 56 left in the second overtime. And then 30 seconds later, they scored again. So I was today years old when I knew that that was the case. Welcome, welcome to the postseason, man. This is fun. Uh, so the semifinals again—they're happening after we. They're gonna start pretty much after we talk. This, so it might sound dumb. So like, but Penn and Goshen should be fun. Penn beat Goshen four-three earlier last week, actually in the regular season, uh, in in Mishawaka. So Goshen at home field tonight uh, should be fun. And then uh, Elkhart Warsaw is the other. Uh, uh, semifinal there. So you have number six Penn against Goshen, and then number eight Elkhart versus number sixteen Warsaw. It's pretty good, pretty good, yes. pretty good uh, field of talent out there. And I'm intrigued. I, you know, I, Goshen their record is you know seven nine and one, and but they have talent, man. Like this is a, that's been the kind of their case the last couple of years. Like it feels like they have the talent. Sometimes they just don't put it all together. Maybe so. Like if they can muster up the energy to you know, Penn's tough. Penn's tough, man. They're really good, and they're going to wear you out. Veertram won't sit the rush. The Goshen coach was like, they're just going to wear you out, and we have to be ready for that. So, I, I, I you know, I don't want to – I'm not going to make any predictions, but, like, I think it's going to be a good match tonight. I'm excited to see that. Um, as I'm talking about this, as people are hearing this, after it's already happened probably, so that's fine. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then you were down at Wawasee on – Monday for the 2A sectional 20 games. Uh, they technically were games. Really tight games. Yeah. Combined 15 to 1. Uh, Northwood 8, Garrett 0 in the opener. And then West Oval 7, Wallace E1 setting up what is the de facto sectional championship game tonight at 5 o'clock. Northwood West Noble. What'd you see from both teams on Monday, Evan? <sighs> Other than a lot of goals, yeah, and I, I need that. Hard, other than a lot of goals, other than a lot of goals and rain, hard hitting just, analysis. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, you know, this uh, Northwood and West Noble are clearly the best teams in the sectional. Uh, Lakeland Angola will be the other matchup on Wednesday night. Yep. So Lakeland in one and thirteen, Angola is four nine and one. So yeah. So. Whoever wins to, uh, on Wednesday night, you know, between Northwood and West Noble, they pretty much have a really, really good chance yeah, of winning the final on Saturday. They can pretty much, uh, you know, lock it up a sectional championship. But yeah, uh, Garrett actually put up a decent fight in the first half against Northwood because defensively they're giving him a hard time. I mean, never really had shots at goal. Like they had yeah. two or three opportunities the entire game. But Northwood. Had a bunch of opportunities early in the game, like a few, and the goals just weren't happening. A couple went off the post. A couple went over the goal. But uh, eventually they started getting it going. And it doesn't help when Garrett, you know, scores two goals <laughs> in their own net. Yeah. So that helped Northwood Garrett, a little bit. Garrett, Garrett's making a case for Goshenu's athlete of the week this week. Two goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have mattered because Northwood scored six goals on their own. But uh, – They've had a really up and down season because of a mm-hmm. lot of varying factors, whether it be injuries or 
uh, contact tracing, missing players, suspensions, blah, 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 blah. You know, the list goes on. But, you know, seems like they're putting it together at the right time. I was really impressed with the way they played. I mean, I know Garrett's not a good team, but for a team that's been up and down to win by eight goals, mm-hmm. it's got to give you some confidence going up against West Noble here. West yeah. Noble, I mean, is the favorite to win. I wouldn't say by a whole lot. It's going to be a more competitive game. Uh, yeah. But Northwood definitely has a shot the way they're playing recently, I would say. Kind of kind of forgot. It's in a weird way. Like, almost kind of forgot about Northwood. Like, because West Noble, like, took off, right? They were, like, 3-3, three and three, and then all of a sudden they won, like, seven in a row. They've won, you know, nine of or ten of 11 or whatever. Their only loss is to Elkhart, which is obviously a quality loss, you know, losing mm-hmm. to those, losing to the Lions. Um, <laughs> losing to the Lions, not in football, but in soccer and yeah. uh, professional football, for the record. Um, we're going to get to that later. Uh, West Noble's worried about Northwood's defense. Right, that's the thing. And if they – Northwood can somehow stop Henry Torres, who scored four goals. Right. Four, of like, the, four of the seven. Like ten minutes. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> he didn't even play any pretty much any of the second half. But if they can find a way to kind of stop him, I mean, that's the biggest thing. You stop mm-hmm. him, you give yourself a shot. Right. He's so. so he's so prolific on offense where, like, if he gets going, it's really hard to stop. You know, he's the all-time leading scorer in West Noble history, like we talked about uh, when he broke the record a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, if he gets going, if that offense starts flowing, it's really hard to stop. So, I, I you know, I think Northwood will give him a game. Um, I'm still, like, leaning toward West Noble just because of the offense. It's hard to keep that offense down. But I'm not going to be as stunned if Northwood won as I would have been, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. So, that's that's my analysis. And then Lakeland is 1-13. They've been outscored, like, 80-10 to 10 this year. I'm not kidding. It's like something like crazy like that. Um, and Angola is not much better. So, uh, yeah, if West Noble, like we talked about, if whoever wins that West Noble Northwood game has a really, really, really good chance to win sectional. So, and then over in 1A, sectional 35, Bethany Christian opened up with a 6 0 win over Prairie Heights. Uh, they started a little slow too, just like Northwood, but they made some adjustments at halftime and rallied off four or five goals in the second half and uh, really took it to the Panthers. So over there tonight, Westview, the hosts, the 16th ranked team in 1A on the boys' side, takes on Central Noble, and then Bethany Christian takes on county rival Elkhart Christian in the semifinal. Winners of those two will play in the sectional final Saturday, 2 p.m. over at Westview High School. Uh, I'm fully expecting Westview boys to win. Bethany Elkhart Christian's a toss-up. Uh, it'd be cool for Bethany to win, I think. It's a rematch then of last year's sectional final, which was a PK thriller that Westview won. Um, and, yeah, this is always a fun game when Westview and Bethany play uh, in soccer. So it would be it'd be uh, worth the price of admission to be covering that one. So $4? $6, I think is the IHSA for uh, postseason charge. Yeah. I think it's like 8 for football, isn't it? It's something like that, yeah. You got hey, they gotta make their money somehow. Um, so yeah, that should be fun. Should be fun over there. Uh, we'll pivot to the girls. Uh, last night, Tuesday night, I was over at uh, Northridge High School. Goshen won one to nothing in the three A sectional floor opener. Alessandro Lozano Gomez with a beautiful uh, juke between two defenders and fired a shot that the goalie didn't see until it crossed the back of the net, um, crossed wow. the line into the back of the net, crossed. The line into 
Steve Beckett. Yes, and uh, both both Goshen coach Myron Bontrager and Northridge coach Chris Mallett called it a moment of brilliance. So that's how you know that that goal was good. They both did the same thing. Did you get some photos of the moment of brilliance? I did not. I did not. I was slightly distracted. Um, I was actually standing right there, like right where she kicked it. I was by the goal, and everything was in perfect position, but I was talking to someone, and then they scored. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Story of your life. Unbelievable. I was like, the, the five minutes I wasn't taking photos all night, it was when they scored. Um, you can't help yourself. You just have to talk to everyone. I had to say hi to everybody. There was a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. I got to say hello, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, you know? And, uh, yep, they scored. And it was like, really? Okay, fine. Uh, so, Thursday... If they get played, semifinal games, weather doesn't look too great. Uh, Penn, who has won 14 straight sectionals, takes on Concord. And then Goshen plays Elkhart. Uh, I think Penn is going to beat Concord. Concord's not terrible, but Penn is playing solid-ish. They're not like as mighty as they used to be. Well, as normal. The schedule is harder. The schedule is brutal, yes. But... Um, they are, you know, they're. It feels like they're maybe more susceptible to being beat this year than they have in past years. So we'll see. I mean, and Goshen's got to beat Elkhart. Elkhart beat Goshen earlier in the season uh, in, a, in a lightning shortened game, two to one. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but this Goshen team, man, they just keep on like defying expectations. They weren't supposed to win conference, and they did. And then they probably, I mean, it was a pick 'em last night. I don't, I didn't know who was going to win, and they pull out a victory and who knows maybe this is a team of destiny type stuff I don't know win a sectional and get to a regional and see what happens you never know man team of destiny why not don't sleep on Goshen so um, I'm sorry if they lose the next game because <laughs> I said that because you slept on them it is uh, 2A sectional 20 um, happened last night as well uh, this is actually a the score was updated after I typed out these notes, but West Noble won five to four over Angola in PKs. Uh, the PKs were four to three. Sherilyn Torres, all four goals for West Noble in regulation. That's pretty good. Um, the Torres is in West Noble soccer right now. Henry and Sherilyn, man, they are just racking up the goals. They're so, related. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. So <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say they were homecoming king and queen though. At West Noble. I hope they're not related. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, they're both seniors, so that would make me think that if they are, they're, Maybe like they're twins. twins. Right. And they both are prolific soccer goal scorers. Be a fun story. If they both win sectionals, too, it'd be even more fun. Anyway. Even, even if they aren't related, it could still be a fun story. Maybe that's something you work on next week, bud. Work on it for Monday for Wednesday's papers before the, sec- the regionals uh, start. If they both win. Work on a Monday. It's too much work. Won't be here. I'm trying to be off Monday, but I have a f- really bad feeling all the weather's going to push stuff back to Monday. So I don't think it's supposed to like thunderstorm tomorrow. They might just play in a bunch of rain. We'll see. Uh, and then over at one, oh, and DeKal beat Wawasee seven to one as well last night. So, so both Wawasee soccer teams out lost seven to one. They did. They did. Just my uh, analysis there. Brutal. My hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, semifinals Thursday, Wednesday, West Noble against DeKalb. Uh, that's a tough matchup for West Noble. DeKalb is usually really solid. Northwood and Lakeland to the other game. Uh, I think it's going to be Northwood-DeKalb. We've talked about that before the postseason began. 
that feels like the matchup there. Um, and then in 1A, sectional 36, also at Westview, we had Westview girls went 2-0 last night. Westview girls ranked number eight in the final coaches poll, man. They are rolling right now. 13-2-4, I believe, was their final record. Hot. Hot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they are on fire. Um, sorry for the audio spike, oh. Sheila. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Elkhart Christian beat Bethany Christian girls. So Bethany Christian will, uh, the defending sectional champions are defending no more. Um, they they lost. Heartbreaker gave up a goal in the 77th minute last night uh, to lose 2-1. They were, they were decimated by injuries. Didn't have a long bench as it was to begin with. Um, that's a tough season for Bethany. But a lot of young players, they should be back next year. Um, Agreed. So, semifinal games Thursday, Westview against Elkhart Christian, and then Lakeland Lakeland Christian against Lakewood Park Christian. So, you got the Lake Christians going on, going at it in the nightcap, Westview and Elkhart Christian. Um, What's Lakeland Christian's mascot? That is a great question. Is it, it, is the, not, it is not hitting me right now. <laughs> is it the Vikings? No, I think it's... Because um, Lakewood Park is the Panthers. I know that. Yep. Lakeland Christian is really drawing a blank. I'm not even kidding. I don't really remember, to be honest. Elkhart Christian is the Eagles, and Westview is obviously the Warriors. So The disrespect for Lakeland Christian. They're going to remember this. They're going to use this as fuel. I'm sure they will. I'm sure every, <laughs> every LCA athlete is listening to this right now being like, remember the name, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So that's that. Football. I guess we'll talk about football. We usually lead with football, but I didn't feel like leading with football. It's this relatively uneventful week last week. I mean, the biggest game was Lakeland beating West Oval 14-11 to and Fairfield beating Garrett 16-7. So that sets up the big matchup Friday night in LaGrange for the NECC Big Division Championship. Lakeland hosting Fairfield. Both teams coming into the game 3-4 and overall, 2-1 and in the NECC Big Division. Uh, winner take all. We had that scenario last week where we could have had a five-way tie. Um, Lakeland beating West Oval was part of it, but Garrett needed to beat Fairfield to have the five-way tie craziness come into play potentially. Uh, but Fairfield won, and now we have uh, Lakeland-Fairfield for the NECC Big Division, just like we all predicted week one. So Both three and four. Yep. So, so whoever wins could be under 500, technically. They lose their last overall. Game. Yes, it could be an overall sub five hundred team, but the NECC Big Division champs. Yep, because the NECC Big Division this year just doesn't play by any of the rules. So lawless. It's a lawless division. No one want. Everyone's beaten everybody, and no one wants to maybe actually win it, but everyone does want to win it. You know, it's one of those things. Yep. So, uh, yeah, should be an interesting game. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. So, as we I, all are, I will not be there. I'll be at Goshen at Plymouth instead, as Goshen goes to their first Northern Lakes Conference win since 2017. If it doesn't happen this week, then uh, it never will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goshen is two and five, zero oh and five in the NLC. They're at Plymouth, who is zero oh and seven, zero oh and five in the NLC. Uh, Goshen lost to Northridge last week, thirty-five ten. And Plymouth lost to Concord last week, fifty-one to three. Yeah, that's pretty that's de- about right. pretty decisive. Um, NLC this week again. There's a couple like 
interesting games, but like, you know, like Northridge goes to Concord, Northwood goes to Warsaw. So those could be... This is the trap game for Concord. Watch out. It, it could be. Northridge has their second string quarterback now. Cade Carrington. He looked a little... Athlete of the week nominee, Cade yeah. Carrington. He, uh, he made their offense look a little less inept than it did the prior two weeks. So maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence. Maybe that helps them out overall. Maybe Concord's looking ahead to Warsaw week nine. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's the game that I mean, that's the game I'd that, be focusing on, even though I know I have a game against a different team before that. Right. But, well that that's a game too, like when like back in week two when we were like or week three, whatever you want to say, like that that game could have easily been between two seven and teams going into that. You know, Northridge is still really a solid team. You know, now that they have the quarterback situation hopefully figured out for the most part, right? Like they're still a decent enough team to where they could they could beat Concord. Like I wouldn't stud me. I think now Concord is playing really well. You know, they played well against Mishawaka and you know Plymouth is Plymouth, but fifty-one-three is still pretty pretty darn decisive. You know, so yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not if I were like a betting man, like I still think I would take Concord. But, like you said, it's kind of a trap game. Like, Northridge could easily beat them. I wouldn't be stunned by that. So, I'd be more surprised if Northwood beat Warsaw. Warsaw? Northwood beat Warsaw than... Warsaw! <laughs> I'd be more surprised if that happened than if Northridge beat Concord this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Northwood is playing with a backup quarterback, who is playing fine, but, I mean, Warsaw is similar offense to Mishawaka, and Mishawaka beat Northwood 40-20 to last week. It's just a younger team. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Mishawaka got their starting quarterback yeah, back. Justin Fisher for being, Northwood. That helps. And he made a big difference as well. I feel bad for Wallace C on Friday. So, rest in peace. Yeah, it was a fun while it lasted. Um uh Mishawaka goes to Wallace C. That's a, just a weird game. It's just weird to look at on the schedule. I'd still not getting used to Mishawaka in the NLC. I know you know you know it, you know, you've all you've ever known is Mishawaka in the NLC since you've been here, but this is their last year was their first year in the conference, so it is still weird to see some of these games like Mishawaka at Wawasee. Like I don't know why that just looks weird. What, so what were they in before that? The NIC, oh, the, where Elkhart and St. Joe are at, because Elkhart Memorial was in the NLC and Central Elkhart Central was in the NIC. So when Elkhart merged, they moved to the NIC as one team. And then Mishawaka moved out of the NIC to the NLC to give them eight teams in the NLC. True. So. Cool. There you go. You learn something new every day. It's history. Um, right there. So, I believe Mishawaka moved to the NLC like the second week I was here. Like, they announced that they were moving to the NLC like the second week I was here. So, that was fun. It was like, big deal. Big deal. Back in Been late. here over three years now. How's it feel? Uh, You know, I'm feeling it in my knees a little bit and uh, my back. But, you know. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Mishawaka at Wallace Weird. Goshen at Plymouth, not weird. I don't know. I hope... I mean, I hope for Goshen's sake they win. They will. I hope for Goshen's sake they win. Minus 14. It's a big number. It's a big number to lay. What? On the road. You're going to Rocky country. The Rockies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Athlete of the Week. How about that? It's probably a good idea. Congratulations to Macy Loniger. 
from Northwood Volleyball Junior, Northwood Volleyball player. She won our fan vote for this week's Athlete of the Week Award, presented by our friends that played against sports. Uh, Macy had a total of 47 digs, seven, eight, seven assists, excuse me, and two aces in two victories last week, uh, including one over Warsaw, which gave Northwood at least a share of the NLC championship. They will go for the outright NLC title tomorrow night, Thursday night, against Wawasee. Uh, they are probably going to be favored to beat Wawasee. Wawasee has struggled in NLC play. Uh, but, hey, you never know. Wawasee's have shown that they're not, you know, bad. They just have – they've struggled a little bit in the, in the conference. So, maybe they could pull off an upset. Uh, Warsaw plays Concord. So, if Warsaw wins, Northwood loses. They share. If Northwood wins, they're outright champs. Uh, Northwood volleyball, 26-2. and two. I know we talked about them last week, but, like, my God. Like, punching above their weight class, like, all year. They shouldn't be this good. This is weird. Um, they're, they're a good program. But They'll win state next year. Maybe. Maybe. You heard it here first. He, he predicted it. Um, the what Goshen what do I get if that happens? A uh, high five? A pat on the back, yeah. Can I, uh, get, can I get at the same time a pat on the back and a high five? I, yeah, we'll do, like, a combo thing. It'll be, I just reenacted it in person. Maybe, like, right-hand high five, left-hand pat on the back. We're doing the strike a pose here from Madonna, right? Stuck in Vogue. A, stuck in a box. Oh, they're doing Madonna's Vogue strike a pose. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. You've never seen that before? Wow. Probably. Maybe. Wow. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I've even seen that. I'm watching enough Is VH1. It a music video? Watching enough music. Watching enough okay. VH1 with my dad, I guess, growing up. I caught on to some things. So, strike a pose. Um,. The Athlete of the Week is not brought to you by Madonna. The Goshen News Athlete of the Week Award, by the way, is sponsored by our friends at Play It Again Sports. Look, Evan, I'm just saying, you may never outgrow your favorite sports, but you may outgrow your equipment. I'm sure the football pads you wore in high school don't fit anymore. They weren't mine. But you outgrew they're, it. They're the schools. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you. Uh, I think you were a swimmer, right? Did you have a swimming cap that you had to wear? I never wore a cap. Really? That's why you're probably so slow. Um, I mean, I wasn't trying. It was was one year of swimming. I knew I wasn't going to be, like, winning races or anything. I mean, you're still going to be ready to go, man. you got to get your – regardless. I would beat, like, three or four, and I would feel good about that. You you probably outgrew your equipment. Your locally owned Play It Against Sports provides an easy way to sell that quality used sports and fitness gear and get paid on the spot or trade up for what you need now. Not only will you save with affordable used gear, but they also supply the latest new equipment and accessories from the most popular brands. Visit our local Play It Again sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall over in that Elkhart Dunlap area. You've all driven by it. You know where it's at. Uh, For all the best deals on sports equipment, Play It Again sports is the proud presenting sponsor of the Goshen News Athlete of the Week. And Macy Loniker gets a $20 gift card to Play It Again sports for her win of the fan vote this week. So, congratulations to Macy. Congrats. And, uh, yeah, it's a good week. Good week for Northwood Volleyball. They can make it a great week by winning the NLC on Thursday, like we said. And uh, the sectional volleyball brackets came out, and they have to play three matches to win. But they drew Lakeland, and then potentially Wallace C in the semi. Uh, so, the path to a regional is pretty clear for them. The regional, however, will have three of the top five ranked teams in the state. So that will be fun. Um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> they get through that. Then if they uh, get through that, then there's some special, something special going on. Uh, let's talk about Notre Dame. Depressing. Sad. Sad. That's what I put in the show notes. Sad. 
they wah, lost wah, wah. 24-13 at Cincinnati. Uh, Evan, you were there in person. Um, I was not. I was getting rained on in Carmel. And uh, take me through your analysis of that game. Well, turnovers change uh, football games, right? Isn't that, isn't that what people say? Sure. All the time. It can just, uh, I mean, it can really kill your momentum. And change the whole outlook on a game. And that's kind of what happened at the, from the beginning of the game. Notre Dame had a really nice 11-play drive going. Opening drive, Jack Cohn slinging it around with his uh, sprained ankle. Looked pretty good. But then he uh, made a very ill-advised throw inside the Cincinnati 10-yard line. And it was intercepted. And, I mean... That turnover takes at least three points off, if not seven. Right. You know? And the way the defense played early the first quarter, Notre Dame's defense has been playing really well the last couple of weeks, and they kind of built off that and played really well against Desmond Ritter, who is a fantastic quarterback for Cincinnati. Yeah, not Spencer Rattler. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the offense couldn't do anything in the first quarter, but, you know, they – they eventually got something going in the second quarter. They were up 17 nothing at one point. At halftime. Yep, at halftime. Like, Boo Birds were at Notre Dame Stadium. Yep. If you could even hear them over all the Cincinnati fans. I saw the picture of the stadium, man. It was, like, half red. Yep. I wouldn't say half, but it was, like, a good good portion of red there, man. Good for them. Good for them there for was traveling. Lots, there, were, there were loud. Cincinnati fans were loud. Good for them, man. Good for them traveling. That was similar to, I don't know if you remember seeing the images... Uh, 2017 Georgia came up to Notre Dame and played them at Notre Dame Stadium and like half the stadium was red mm-hmm. it was absurd I think the same weekend the Falcons were in Chicago playing the Bears so like a lot of people came up and did the double like double hit hit both like go to Notre Dame and then swing over to Chicago but right. like that Notre like I remember this is totally an aside I'll get back to our Cincinnati analysis but I was driving back uh, in Chicago I had the Notre Dame game on the radio and I could not tell if they were in Athens or South Bend after any play because the crowd was going crazy seen, after every play. Seen pictures that so George, Cincinnati Georgia took it sounds it like over. Cincinnati wasn't that level, but it like rivaled it a little bit. So and good for them yeah. for showing up. It's a quick drive, biggest game in program history, you know. And good for them for trolling Notre Dame afterwards. The Brian Kelly press conference video clips that they tweeted out that was actually really good. Uh, anyway, yeah. continue with your educated analysis. It's actually kind of embarrassing. Uh, Notre Dame stadiums like yeah. this, this. Well, I saw you uh, tweet about that too. It's just like I'm not impressed at all by it, the home field advantage. It's it's like the the mystique of it is supposed to be like it's home field advantage more times than not, but it's not necessarily like the swamp or even like in Alabama or Neyland Stadium, like the SEC stadiums that are traditionally strong, right? Or like Clemson yeah. or. Um, Virginia Tech, for instance. Yeah, I would right. say Virginia Tech's more hostile than Notre Dame. The the really the only times the only time I can really remember Notre Dame Stadium like being loud, like really loud and a big home field advantage. At least in my time being here, was the first game I ever covered that Michigan game that opened the 2018 season. It was a Saturday night. It was you know game day was there in the morning, and it was just like everyone was like. It was the first ever like Irish wear green game, and everyone was wearing green, and that thing was just shaking, man. Like that was a that was a true home field advantage, and mm-hmm. that was playing against a rival, prime time, right at night. So like maybe that plays into it too, but you know that's pretty much the only time where I've been like, wow, this is crazy, and and to an extent, the Clemson game last year was like that too, only because a lot of teams didn't get to play in front of crowds. 
So the 10,000 students that were at that game for Clemson, like, were super loud. Mm-hmm. And that probably admitted, I mean, I don't know how much that affected anything, but, like, that was probably the second closest, you know, atmosphere for a home field advantage that, you know, Notre Dame has had in the three, four years that I the three years I covered them. Notre so. Dame doesn't even win that game if Trevor Lawrence plays, but that's just me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about just purely the crowd. Yeah, but I'm, I know. I'm just saying. Purely the crowds. I think Notre Dame wins that game regardless, but that's just my opinion. Why? Because I was there. How? I watched it. They put up 47 points. Yeah, but you see how Clemson, you know, that quarterback's doing this year? Not very good. There was only, there was only like... Okay, anyway, go back to Cincinnati. I don't want to get too yes. sidetracked. Too, too Turnovers sidetracked. again. Turnovers again. Turnovers. Second and third turnover. Chris Tyree fumbled the ball on a kickoff. Tyler Buckner got hit as he threw, and it was like a wobbly throw into the air, into the hands of Cincinnati. He returned it inside the 10-yard line, so they score off that. They score off both those turnovers. Ten points right there, and you're behind the eight ball in the game where their offense was struggling. So, I mean, turnovers really made the big difference there. Defense fell asleep mm-hmm. at the end of the first half, allowed Cincinnati to go up 17-0. But I will give Notre Dame credit because they really tried to fight back in the second half. Cincinnati left the door open. Irish got 17-13. Drew Pine went in. Yeah. Second half. I wonder how much that missed extra point by door like affected anything, you know? Cuz 17-14, it's a little more tense, right? Like well. Cincinnati scored on the next position. Well, that's why I'm saying, but like, still, like, in a weird way, like, the extra point probably freed up Cincinnati a little bit more, you know? Like, okay, like, let's just do our thing. And like Notre Dame, all of a sudden, their defense puts more pressure on themselves to do better because they really have to make a stop, you know? Like, they were about to have made a field goal stop either way. But like, my point here is like, I don't know. Like, there's a cycle. I think there might have been a psychological thing that could have taken place. It's dumb. It's very opinionated. It's dumb. That's my opinion. It's an interesting opinion. I'm just saying. I know it's only one point, but like 17-14 just feels closer than 17-13, as dumb as that sounds. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'll give Irish the Irish credit for fighting back, but on Saturday the turnovers were too much to overcome, and they're still having some issues on offense. They're playing musical quarterbacks. Uh, supposedly they're going to stick with one guy from here on out. Kelly hasn't really announced who it's going to be. Cone is the starter on the depth chart, but that probably means nothing because this whole week they've just been fooling around with everything. Kind of a a childish move on their part by uh, saying they're going to have certain players available for media availability on Tuesday and then throw out four walk-ons instead. And the um, walk-ons didn't even know they found out. Right. Like five minutes before they were supposed to do the interview. I was talking to my sources um, and they were saying apparently there was a team meeting to uh, vote and to have not to, to a team meeting amongst the players to vote to not go do media. But Chris Tyree still went out there. He was scheduled to be there and he still went out there. There's Chris Tyree and four walk ons. I hope they lose to Virginia Tech by 40. Not even going to lie. I'll say it on this on this podcast. I don't care. Like, it's that's uh, stupid. You know, like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a childish move, you know? It's just it, not very professional. It's at all. not. And, like, you know they made they made guys available after the game Saturday, right? Like I think Cone or Pine Pine was available. It was Pine, obviously, Mayor, and yeah, Foskey. Like they made dudes available yep. to talk. Like a couple of years ago when they got manhandled by Michigan at the Big House, 
when I was there for that. They like had Kelly and like two players, like Kurt Heinisch and someone else, random. No offensive players were made available. It was just like, let's do this in three minutes and get out of here. Fine, whatever. Like, it's a play in the game. Like, we don't want anyone to talk after that loss. But like, Kelly owned everything pretty much on Saturday and had and all the players came out and talked too. And Kelly came out Monday and talked as well. So like what changed? Like why why all of a sudden are you pulling this punk move of putting out four dudes who don't know they're gonna even have to talk to media until two minutes before they gotta go talk to the media and there's no media like we didn't we didn't know like oh hey by the way the walk ons are actually gonna be doing media today and not not uh, Jason Enemiola and Myron Tagovailoa Mosa like that's just childish it's a it's a punk move. It's a rookie move. I don't know. Whatever adjective you wanted to use to describe it. What are you supposed to do? Unprofessional. With the walk-ons. I mean, yeah, like, it's and cool like, they got a chance, like, I suppose, I, but we don't know I, anything about I, them. I saw Angelo DiCarlo tweet about this, like, because he was very vocal on Twitter about them being pretty unprofessional. Um, that's the word I think I was trying to find. Um, unprofessional. Like, if you want to make a walk-on available, like, every week, fine. But, like, let us know so we can, like, do some research on the kid and we can maybe do a fun story with the guys. You know what I mean? Like, because walk-ons are cool. Like, they have, you know, their walk-ons are not supposed to be there, right? Like, they weren't, they, they're earning, they're trying to earn a scholarship. And, you know, they kind of like are the, I don't want to say the heart and soul of a team, but like, you know, they're kind of those guys that can be fun. There could be fun stories there to write. And I think they're worth exploring sometimes. But like, if we don't know that they're going to be available, how the I almost said it, bad word. How the heck do we prepare? <laughs> how do we prepare to talk to these guys? And, you know, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, there was probably a lot of people just asking, what is your name? Like, that was probably the first question all these guys had to ask last night was, how, what is your name? Yeah. I, if I was there, I would have been steaming. And I'm sure there were people there that were pissed. And it's it's just, it's ridiculous. Is, is Kelly going to send a GA to go do his press conference on Thursday now? Like, seriously, like, Guess we'll you, find out. you can't freaking run away from us, man. Like, you can't hide. Like... If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen, dude. Like this, I, I have a feeling it's about to get a lot more warm. Brian, too. Brian Kelly, like, <laughs> look, I, I, I have defended him for most part. Um, he wins a lot more than he loses, and yes, he's never won the big game. But how many coaches in the modern era have won the big game? Like three. Nick Saban. Nick Saban, <laughs> Dabo Sweeney, and like Ed Orgeron when he had the greatest offense in the history of college football. For one year, and that's it. And Ed Orgeron doesn't beat anybody. He's going to be fired at the end of this year. Like Probably. these guys, like this this era of college football, for the most part, is like it's really darn hard. So like the fact that Kelly has gone ten and three, twelve and zero, ten and two, you know, twelve and one, ten and one last year. Like they've they've been good. Like they're the third, fourth best program in the country the last four years, and there's no no disputing that in my opinion. And he's done that. Like, there's a lot of people who want to trash Kelly, but he's he has shown signs that he's not the crazy psycho yelling his face off coach anymore. But this is amateur. This is an amateur move. It's absolutely absurd. And Tell us how you really feel. To yeah. handle, handle, <laughs> handle it like a man. Like, seriously, handle it like a man, Brian. It's ridiculous. Seriously. I know Brian's going to hear this podcast. I don't care if he does it or not. I'm just giving my opinion out there, man. It's just absurd. You know? It, I, don't, it's, I don't know. It's... It's childish. It was a childish, unprofessional move they did last night. And it, it, it screws everybody. 
it screws everyone because like there could be cool stories for the guys and it messes everyone's plans for the week and it's, it's like I was busy because with, uh, high be, school. because what because you lost a game to Cincinnati you can't handle it a little bit like it's ridiculous on Cincinnati I don't care who I don't care who whose idea was it to begin with Kelly has to sign off on that there's no way Kelly didn't know that was the plan you know yeah it's his program no one else pulled that string but him he's the master of puppets in the program. This is this is Brian Kelly. You can't see me, but I'm doing the puppet thing. Yes, with I, the strings. Yes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that got off a little tangent there. I apologize, but I don't care. Tom Brady, greater than Bill Belichick. That's on the next. On, that's next on the list. It's gotta be quick. We've gone too far. Yeah. So yeah, Bucks beat Patriots. Was a fun time. I fell asleep in the early third quarter. It's fine. Not me. I watched the whole thing. You had a little more emotional investment than Doink. I. Doink. 56-yarder from uh, Patriots In a monsoon. Nick Folk. In a monsoon. And that's the difference. 1917 bucks. They got lucky to win. Patriots probably outplayed them. Probably. Mac Jones definitely outplayed Tom Brady. Yeah, surprisingly. Tom Brady actually felt emotions for the first time in 20 years. So it was a good interview after the... Um, was it? On NBC. Yeah. I fell asleep. I was really tired. Had a, long, had a long Saturday. Had a long Saturday, man. Had a long Saturday. It was a Sunday, though. Yes, I was tired from Saturday on Sunday. <laughs> it's a long Saturday. War, leaned over into Sunday, okay? And Justin Fields? He, He's the MVP of the league. He's QB1. QB1 for the Bears. Going Let's forward. go. They listened to me on the podcast, right? Then I say, like, two weeks ago, if Justin Fields plays well, you have to keep rolling with him. Don't they play something. the Raiders? They play the Raiders in Vegas on Sunday. That's going to be a tough time for them. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's going to be an L. Bears, 28. Raiders, 24. Okay. It's going to be Raiders, 31. Bears, 16. Raiders on a short week. They just lost to the Chargers on Monday night. The Chargers are good. The Bears aren't, like, good. So, like, the Raiders might look overlook them. Justin Fields has some momentum built up. Bill Lazor is calling the plays and not Matt Nagy. Bears, riding it. This is my upset pick of the week. Bears. All right. I guess we're done. I think we're done. Yes. Anything else you want to rant about? Nope. You sure? Yep. Okay. Okay. That's it. Uh, well, I said welcome to the edition. <laughs> welcome to the Ghost News. <laughs> <laughs> welcome after 50 minutes to the Ghost News Sports Podcast. This will wrap up another edition of the Ghost News Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap all the happenings of local sports over the weekend. Notre Dame, Virginia Tech as well. Um, anything else that happens, Evan, enjoy your weekend at home. Enjoy uh, seeing the family, going to the Florida game, going to a Bucks game, right? Uh, send, send Glenn and Kim my love and, um, wow. you know, uh, tell them, tell them, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just that's it. That's all I got. So, all right. We'll see you next week.